Welcome to Exploring Beyond the Edge with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Are you ready to explore the conscious path around you? Open your heart and mind and awaken your curiosity? You've stopped into the right place. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Hey there, this is Cynthia. I'm here tonight without my co-host, Colin. However, Colin does send everyone a warm hello. So tonight we're talking with Barbara Shulman Kerwin about radical forgiveness. And I think all of us can agree, no matter what our beliefs are, right now, society is more polarized than at any time in modern history. And I think, and I think maybe Barbara thinks, that it's just possible, the only way through is to practice radical forgiveness. So I think this is a really timely discussion. And anyone who wants to join the discussion, please feel free to call in at 888-346-9141. Or you can email at energyexplorations at gmail.com. So welcome, Barb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's really great to have you here. Really terrific. So Barbara is a, is certified by Colin Tipping as a radical forgiveness um, co- uh, coach, right? Practitioner. Coach, practitioner. Mm-hmm. She has a private practice in Guilford, and she uses radical forgiveness to help clients accept and deal with difficulties by looking through a lens of empowerment instead of victimhood. So Barbara's a multifaceted woman. She has transformed herself many different times. She's been a physical therapist, a potter a glass fusion artist, a gallery owner, and now a whole health practitioner specializing in the healing power of forgiveness. She speaks internationally, and and Barb, you just returned from Dubai, didn't you? I did. I did. Good trip. Just like two weeks. Fabulous. Yeah. It's always fascinating to visit another culture and see how people view things differently through the lens of their culture, but how we're all the same. We're all struggling with similar things and we all are um, on the same path I think wanting to find peace and happiness no matter where we are and what our situation is. Uh, I think that's very well said and and did you find people there receptive to the idea of radical forgiveness? Very receptive yeah I think they're fascinated and maybe because um, I don't know but maybe they haven't really thought of it that way a lot of people haven't even thought about the power of the peace that you can get from forgiveness mm. a lot of people think it's something they have to do and it's like a chore i think that's a uh, that's a really amazing point and i think that comes up over and over again when you're talking to people about how to get better through forgiveness and just to that point i wanted to start by kind of sharing with our audience um an experience i had that plays right into Colin Tipping's work, um, which is, I think this was in the 1990s, I was kind of in a half-dream, half-awake state, in that hypnagogic state where you're kind of having visions, and Mm. I had a vision of, I was in my grandparents' house, and their room, their drawing room at the big fireplace, the fire was going, and there was a huge conference table in the room and the room was up in the clouds and around the conference table were all the people in our family and in in our life and each and each um, each member of the family was picking up rolls and looking at cards and, and putting them back down and 
deciding what role they were going to play for each other. So like I needed this done, so I hand you this card and, and people were handing me cards and there was one role that nobody wanted and it was the role that was the hardest. It was the person who would be hated, the person who would be doing the difficult, mean, ugly things that nobody would like. He would not be, that person would not be receiving love in, in their life. And no one wanted that role. Why would sure. anyone want that role? Right, who would want that, right? And finally, it's like the strongest among us took the role. And that person then became my father. Mm-hmm. And we spent many years, I certainly spent many years, hating my father you know and this experience was very much um there was nothing it's like suddenly I was filled with immense gratitude that all these amazing things that I had learned and all these incredible um attributes that I had developed through the challenge of knowing him that I wouldn't have had those if he hadn't if he hadn't taken that role and so there was nothing there was no forgiveness necessary because nothing wrong happened. Because nothing wrong had right. happened. Right. Yeah. Which is an, a, kind of an existential perspective on things. You know, people are mm-hmm. like, what do you mean nothing happened? Well, if he was in your life for the purpose of teaching you these lessons about how to deal with someone who's, who's angry or what, however he was mm-hmm. that was unlikable by you, then um, he was doing it for you. Right, and and at my request, yes, you know, and, exactly. and in a sacred contract. And, you know, the reason no one wants that role, obviously, we all want to be loved. We all want to connect together and, and give and receive love. And in that position, how easy is it to forget who we are? Right, right. right. And I think sometimes when the, the souls that take on the roles of being really the um, difficult people in our, in our society and in our life... Mm. And either we have we have a few people in our in our presence, don't we all? That mm-hmm. people that are so un, unlikable that we just hate them, and um, but that they have taken on that role for us, for us to be able to learn that. But it's a difficult role for people to take on. Mm-hmm. But then once you realize, when you look at it from this perspective, you have nothing but gratitude for them to play that role because it was so hard to have taken that on. Absolute gratitude. And and what what really shocked me is I was driving down over the Q Bridge in New Haven and I heard an interview on NPR with Colin Tippings and this must have been in the 90s, mm-hmm. I think, when he did his first book. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the exact same experience. And, you know, if I look back in time, I think... I think he had it around the same time period, oh, which makes me think, was there a dispensation of these experiences at these time that, you know, and I wonder how many other people, and if anyone listening had that experience, please make sure to email us or, or call in at the number we gave and, and share it with us. And um, certainly, I think... Obviously, that's at the that's at the nub of of his of his work. Right. Well, you you see, quote unquote, your enemies mm-hmm. as actually your guardian angels. They're mm-hmm. here purposefully to help you, and it's a whole different way of looking at someone, as opposed to hating them and feeling like you're a victim to them. Mm-hmm. They actually, if you look at them through that lens of empowerment, they are actually here to help you. Mm-hmm. And then you you do you have nothing but gratitude and love for them. Mm-hmm. So, what was, you know, when we talk about forgiveness and radical forgiveness, what is, what is the definition for you and through this work of forgiveness, and what is forgiveness not? That's such a great question, because I think, I think um, we all have our own definition of forgiveness that we 
cultivate and we create depending on our childhood experiences, whether we were brought up in a religious environment or not, or how many um, obstacles and traumas we've been through. Um, so I think everyone has their own definition of forgiveness, and I honor everyone's definition of forgiveness. The, the definition that I got from this new perspective of radical forgiveness helped me so significantly because I was having trouble forgiving someone in my life, and it allowed me to look at it so differently. And so um, my definition of forgiveness is, is a global life perspective, and that's that life happens for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. If I can, if I really can accept that life happens for me and not to me, there is no more, there's no more role of victimhood in my life. And so nothing, nothing bad has happened. Mm -hmm. So when obstacles happen, like they do all the time, we're never going to be able to be, live a life where we are secure against any obstacles or difficulties, pain, divorces, um, illnesses, all sorts of different things. Um, So that's unrealistic to think that we can cocoon ourselves from all that. And so things come up in our lives. But if I can, now that I can look at it through that lens of it's happening for me. Mm-hmm. So I ask myself, okay, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm having a difficulty with something or other. And I'm in pain, which is how I know I'm struggling. As le- anytime I feel fear, anger, pain, whatever that is, a negative quote unquote emotion, I think to myself, as opposed to the way I used to think for so mm-hmm. long, which it was happening to me the the angry person is happening to me, the disease is happening to me, wh- whatever it is, um, it's happening for me, then you ask yourself with very gentle inquiry, what is the purpose of it happening for me? What's it happening for me for? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to learn? What, am I, what can I heal? What's an opportunity that I wasn't having without this situation? And so for me, that's the definition of forgiveness is to look at life through that lens. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I think it's, I don't see forgiveness as a one-time event or multiple-time events that you do multiple times in your life, but you do, mm-hmm. but it's an attitude, it's a perspective, it's a choice. It's something that I think I wake up with, wanting to be a forgiving soul that day, wanting to look at people with compassion and empathy and understanding for the struggles that we're all in. So it's mm-hmm. a beautiful lens to look at life through, for me at least, it's very empowering. Well, so. Absolutely, and it goes back to what you and I were talking about before the program, which is that if we really believe that we are all one, that we are interconnected, that this interconnectivity that we have stipulated in this program, our our radio program is true, then cruelty to anyone is cruelty to everyone. And to hold someone in... In, in ill regard and to and to want harm to them is really wanting harm to ourselves. And to well, the, the wonderful quote um, of holding on to anger is mm-hmm. like drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yeah, you're you're harming yourself more than anything else. And I don't think people. I never realized that. Mm-hmm. That was a huge epiphany for me. Like, wow, when I'm holding on to anger, I'm harming myself because the energetics of it all. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a huge stress stress level um, enhancer, my cortisol goes up and all the biochemical things go on. I have no idea. And if you hold yourself in anger, that's a sustained fight or flight state that we're in and we're not supposed to be in that state for very long. Yeah, and from an energetic perspective, <clears throat> what I would say about that is is that every emotion is giving us information and giving us 
energy. And so when I feel anger, my response then is to say, well, where is my boundary being breached? What is this anger? What information is this anger giving me? Hmm. And then use the energy, you know, that surge of adrenaline and everything else to make my boundary strong so that there is no need anymore for the anger, right? right? And so... So we don't we don't harbor it we don't hold it we use it for what it's meant to be used for as a functional part of who we are. Well, that that's a brilliant because anger is going to come in. It's a yeah. natural it's a natural spectrum. Yeah. It's on the spectrum of emotions. Right. Joy, anger, fear, happiness, all of that is what we're supposed to be experiencing. It's when we hold on to it, which brings me to the point of what ang- what forgiveness is not. Mm-hmm. I think it's as important to help my clients with understanding what forgiveness is not. It's not. Mm-hmm letting bygones be bygones it's not looking at life through rose-tinted glasses it's not um it's not allowing inappropriate or bad behavior to continue i can forgive someone and still have my and set up my boundaries Mm -hmm. i can um be i use the example of your mother-in-law coming over for sunday dinner as if you make Sunday dinner every Sunday, like I think people used to do. That. I don't know if they do that anymore. But Not say, for instance, you have a mother, a mother-in-law who comes and you make Sunday dinner, and she criticizes your cooking every week. Mm-hmm. There's there's lots of different ways you can handle that. You can decide. You know what? I don't. I I forgive my mother-in-law. I don't necessarily want to have Sunday dinner with her every week. Mm-hmm. So I can forgive her and love her and not hold on to any grudge, but build a boundary that, you know what, um, we're not going to do Sunday dinner with the extended family. We're just going to do it with the intimate family because it's not loving for me. Mm-hmm. So, Or being in a, in a difficult relationship, you can leave the relationship and forgive the person. Mm-hmm. So you're not harboring any of those grudges or anger towards mm-hmm. that person. You're freeing yourself of that. But... Um, you are leaving the relationship or leaving the job, whatever it mm-hmm. is. There's so many ways of doing it. So it's important, I think, to uh, distinguish that you're not just a mat for people to to run over and to treat you inappropriately. It's all about loving ourselves. Absolutely. And so you're separating the care for the person from acceptance of a behavior that's unacceptable. You right. know, it's like, yeah. Right. Right. So, Barbara, how did you come to this awareness for yourself? What was the path for you to coming to decide that forgiveness was what you what you wanted to do in your life? It was about five years ago when my um, wonderful, sage, 92-year-old therapist turned to me and he said, Barbara, if you can forgive yourself, not someone else, me, if you can forgive yourself for being so angry and hating this one person in your life, you could heal yourself from this chronic Lyme disease that you've been dealing with for 15 years. Mm. I knew that was true. I knew he was speaking truth. I just had no idea how to do it. I was actually ironically brought up in a family where forgiveness was not ever expressed because my father had an idea that um, he never spoke it out loud and maybe I just insinuated what the the definition was for him, but he believed that um, forgiveness was for the weak. Hmm. And so if you forgive, if you for, if you ask for forgiveness, you're admitting that you didn't win the argument. And if you don't win an argument, then you're a loser and losers don't succeed. And so I was brought up with never forgiving. And when I married my husband, after like three years, he turned to me and said, for God's sakes, Barbara, how come you never say you're sorry? And I said, sorry, I haven't done anything wrong. Because <laughs> if you can't accept forgiveness, you can't look at yourself and realize you've ever made a mistake. Because if you have to forgive if you forgive yourself or ask for forgiveness, you can't. You can't. So mm-hmm. it was biologically unacceptable for me. When I finally realized the first time, I had to actually say I was sorry for, to him. 
I almost threw up. It was a somatic response. It was, my cells were, were rebelling. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're going to die. And that's how, I think that's how my body felt. And then I realized afterwards, I didn't die. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't bad. I kind of relieved myself of some inner guilt. And so, um, so when he told me that, that I had to forgive myself for hating this other person in my life, I thought, I don't know how to do that. And as the universe does, two weeks later, a friend of mine who I just met in Fairfield, and I hardly ever go down to Fairfield, <laughs> said to me, have you ever heard of this guy named Colin Tipping who does radical forgiveness? And I said, no, but that's what I need. I need something <laughs> radical because I have no clue how to do it. And so I looked him up on the internet and he had like eight different programs, 21-day programs, how to forgive your spouse, your children, your boss, whoever it is, whatever it is you needed to forgive. And I hit that one button of the one I was mm-hmm. trying to deal with. And I thought $97 to be able to forgive this person. <laughs> that is money well spent. And it started me on the road of discovering this. I did a bunch of different workshops he, he teached, mm-hmm. he was teaching in Atlanta. Um, and then I did a 10-day training. Because he came up to me after the last workshop I did with him and said, you like this stuff, don't you, Barbara? And I said, I do. I think it's so powerful. He said, how about if I train you in person? And so I signed up for a 10-day training with uh, with about 20 other people mm-hmm. that we've become kindred spirits with and because we went through it was an intense process. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, on, I'm a student of forgiveness and I am a practitioner of forgiveness. And it was so helpful for me that I now decided that I'm, so my new evolution transformation is that I help people with ways just to, you know, it's so interesting because when I tell people I'm a forgiveness practitioner, some people step back like three steps and say, oh my God, what does that mean? And stay away from me. Or some people lean in as I did and say, that's fascinating. What is that all about? And so I just like to help people look at life differently so they can struggle less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the way that you reframe that, you're, you, you, you say it much better than I will, so I won't even try. But the way that you had, have reframed the way that you look at every day, I think, is a really powerful, yeah, really powerful thing. It's been life-saving for me. Mm-hmm. So why don't you repeat that for everyone to hear one more time for the people who have just joined us? So the wisdom of life happens for me instead of to me. Nothing is happening to me. So therefore, there's nothing to forgive. I'm not a victim to anyone or anything or any disease or any government or whatever it is. Life happens for me. There's an opportunity for me to heal, to strengthen something in me, to make me the better Barbara Shulman Kerwin that I could be, the best Barbara Shulman Kerwin I could be through this painful obstacle that I'm as in my face right now. So bring it on. Bring on, not that I want to bring on obstacles, but I'm not afraid of them anymore. So when there's a difficult thing, I'm like, so what's this about? What's the lesson? What's the gift? What's the opportunity? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to say in all of that that we don't, there are many ways of learning. We don't have to learn through struggle. We don't have to learn through pain. We don't have to call situations into our life that bring us into a place of difficulty in order to learn something. We can learn from inspiration. We can learn from joy. We can learn from bliss. We are as wired for bliss as we are for pain. So why not right. open to the bliss? And right. I think that is the power of, of what you're doing. But I think only when you can accept, well, only when you go through the struggle mm-hmm. and realize there's got to be a different way of looking at it. I'm not sure. Maybe there are some special enlightened people who just learn from bliss from the mm-hmm. very beginning. And, you know, they've probably done this. 
they've been through these lifetimes many times, so they're maybe at a more enlightened stage than, than I am. But I think most of us have to learn, unfortunately, to the struggle. Mm-hmm. But if you see the struggle as um, purposeful for yourself, then actually loses the struggle in and of itself. Absolutely. Yeah. It totally does. All right. Well, we're heading into the break now. We're talking with Barbara Shulman Kerwin about radical forgiveness. And Barbara offers work in person or online. You work online, don't you, mm-hmm. people? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she can be reached at forgiveness-works.com. And, and, of course, if you want to talk with me, it's explorationsandenergy.com. And please feel free to call in or email questions so the details are coming up. And stay tuned for more. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We're talking today with Barbara Shulman Kerwin about radical forgiveness. And, you know, Barbara, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned briefly in our last segment that your therapist or or the person you were working with um, suggested that if you could forgive yourself, you would be able to heal your Lyme. Would you talk to us a little bit about your journey with chronic Lyme and Mm. how this helped you? Mm. Which is actually how I found you. Oh, yes, it yes, is. My wonderful naturopath who's helped me significantly. So um, it's been about 18 years since I was I first got Lyme disease. I knew it was Lyme disease, but it didn't come up positive on the test results. As I know now, often doesn't happen. But I didn't know that at the time. So um, I... So I was basically untreated for probably 10 to 12 years. I can't remember exactly without any treatment whatsoever of, of doxycycline mm-hmm. and antibiotics. And so it was a line spirochetes that mm-hmm. go and invade your body and cause all sorts of multiple problems. And because I was a physical therapist before, 
I knew that I wasn't doing well. I knew that there was a problem, but the doctors in Western medicine that I went to weren't will weren't able to accept that. And so um, they knew they I kept on coming back negative. They weren't going to give a negative on the test results mm-hmm. for for Lyme, not chronic Lyme, Lyme. And so there wasn't any antibiotics to be given. Um, so finally, the room, the my internist said, "You don't have Lyme. You've got rheumatoid arthritis. You need to go see a rheumatologist." The irony of it all is, my dad was this big rheumatologist, yes. and I knew I didn't have rheumatoid. I didn't know I, I knew I didn't have rheumatoid arthritis, and so I just didn't know what it was. And so I went to see a rheumatologist, and she said, "I don't know what you have. You're gonna. Um, we're not gonna know until it fully discloses itself." And I said, "So you mean it just needs to get worse?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "That's somewhat unacceptable." But what was I gonna do? So I had right. to accept it. So literally for 10 years, I just got worse and worse, got more and more. Mine was rheumatological, which means joint pain, um, muscle pain, joint pain, and other things. A lot of different people get neuroline, which is more with their, the the brain, with mm-hmm. involvement of the brain and spinal mm-hmm. cord. And so there's different ways that Lyme presents itself. Um, so after about 12 years, I think there was, a, I went to see another physical therapist, and she said, Barbara, what that, what the heck is going on with you? And I told her my brief story, and she said, you have chronic Lyme disease. And I'm like, what? And she said, you have chronic Lyme disease. I said, how do you know? She said, because I have it, and your symptoms are just like mine. So, of course, that evening I went down, went home and looked up on the Internet chronic Lyme disease and discovered a whole world of literal <laughs> craziness yeah. that I had no idea. And I so I then started really advocating for myself and searching out different ways to heal myself. And 18 months, I went to see a Lyme literate doctor, which is what they call them, um, is, a do- is an MD doctor who does um, believe that there is such a thing as chronic Lyme. Mm-hmm. I was on 18 months of um, multiple antibiotics to get it out of my system, and that got rid of actually a decent amount of it for me. Mm-hmm. But there was about 20 or 30% that was residual, which is when I went to see you. And mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to do antibiotics for the rest of my life, because right. I knew it was doing me, it was harm right. to some extent. And so... Um, but what it's led me to is to look and see life through a different lens and to understand health and wellness in a way that I never understood when I was a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. It brought you into the mind-body-spirit connection of it. Correct. Right. 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 And I think that a lot of people with chronic Lyme, it does bring them into that awareness of, of how their mind and body works with it. But I think also many, many people with Lyme would not accept the idea that simply by forgiving something in themselves or in their world, they would get their symptoms better. Well, yes, yeah, so it's complicated, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. complicated because it's a physiological, it's emotional, it's a spiritual, it's a psychological thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. When you when you have any chronic illness, I think there's all those things as well. You've got the spiritual Absolutely. and the psychological, emotional. And so I'm not saying you can get rid of all your Lyme symptoms, but you lose the struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting, is that you might still have some residual pain, but you're not struggling with it because you realize it's purposeful for you. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a fascinating point, you know, and for many people that struggle with the pain, what is, what is that all about? I, you know, people come in and, and they have garbage bags full of vitamins that they're taking. Absolutely. A vitamin for every single symptom that Someone's, they have and yes. then, yeah, and, then a, a, and an herb for this. And, and the first thing I ask them to do and they freak out is stop taking them. You know, and well, that's their lifeline, right? Absolutely. Right. I'm telling I think, I, I know that when you have a chronic disease that Western medicine can't help you with, 
there is a desperation yeah. that people have. I was yeah. desperate. I did any. I did. I said crazy stuff. You know, about some of the stuff I've done um, that um, I would have never done had I been healthy and well. And and it opened up new worlds for you. Some of that crazy stuff was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Some of them. <laughs> Some of the crazy stuff I did, I kind of, you know, <laughs> wish I hadn't had to do that to myself. But, um, but, but, it, but I was willing. I was willing to do anything, yeah. literally, to save my life. Well, because people lose their lives, they lose their they job, lose they lives. lose their relationships, they lose their sense of identity, they lose every part of themselves. And so, yeah, a, a garbage bag full of vitamins seems like the rational thing to do. Right. You know, and it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, people have gone into the. I mean, into yeah. to debt with all this. So, but it's. Then I thought, okay, so. Here I am, a physical therapist. I know about the body. I know what's normal, what's not normal. I have a pretty loud voice. I have a pretty mm-hmm. um, thoughtful person. Why did I get chronic Lyme disease? Why did I, I? And I thought about this early on before I even realized any of this. Why am I in this group of patients? Why did I land here in this group? Why didn't I get diabetes or, or mm-hmm. you know, not that I wanted any of these, but right. the diseases that were right. that were understood. But I got I got planted in a disease that is misunderstood, mm-hmm. and now I know it's purposeful because you need a loud mouth, <laughs> well-educated person to realize this is not okay. And so, I'm here to help other people mm-hmm. with this with the struggle of it all. Mm-hmm. So, and the other people who come into your office, what kinds of things do people? What, what kinds of issues do people come to you for? A whole variety. Um, Forgiving themselves. I think at, at the end of the day, anyone's issue with forgiveness is about forgiving themselves mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But you have to go through the through the process of forgiving other people first before you realize it's yourself you have to forgive. But um, forgiving their mothers, forgiving um, someone who's died, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, that anger at someone who's died, um, especially a young person for a mother, um, Angry at herself for not being able to save the child. Um, anger at a boss. Angry at siblings mm-hmm. who aren't participating the way they should when the ch- when the parents are going downhill. All sorts of things. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's there's I think there's a, a the gamut of it, mm-hmm. which I love. So he has uh, Colin Tippings has like a four or five step process, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Does he mm-hmm. And is that something you can tell us a little bit about and maybe even lead us through? Sure, it's you know so it's the process, and sometimes this takes um, session after session to go through. So it's mm-hmm. not a quick and easy thing, but it's it mm-hmm. takes a little time. The first thing I do is I really ask the client to tell me what happened, and I ask them to sit. I don't tell them this. These, these words, but I said, I asked them to sit in the victim story. Tell me how bad it was. You've got to tell me exactly what happened in gory detail. They need to be heard. All mm-hmm. of us need to be heard. So many people go through life and they're struggling and they can't tell anyone or they don't feel like they can tell it because no one, they feel like no one cares. I'm sitting here and I'm going to listen to you and you tell me all how horrible it was. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them to sit in the feelings of it. What is that? How does that make you feel? What's so interesting is so many people have difficulty reaching and understanding their feelings. They're like, well, it wasn't great. Well, that's not really a feeling. Were you mad? Were you sad? I often have to give them examples. Mm-hmm. Were you happy with that? Well, no, I wasn't happy. Of course not. So let's go into the feelings. Mm-hmm. I really, truly believe you can't heal what you can't feel. Oh, absolutely. So I ask them to sit in the feeling and really help me understand where it is and help them understand where is the feeling? Is it in your toes? Is it in your gut? Is it in your heart? Is it in your throat? Is it in your mind? Where is it? What does it look like? 
Does it have a color? Does it have a taste? Does it have a texture? So really, and these are things, questions that most people have never been asked Mm -hmm. about a feeling. And then I ask them to step into having a little bit of compassion for why the other person that they're so angry with might have done that. So that's the beginning of the turnaround mm-hmm. of, of radical forgiveness. Um, so to, and, but I think that goes with normal forgiveness too. The fourth step is the key that distinguishes radical forgiveness from other forgiveness, and that is looking at the perfection of it. Mm-hmm. What, what is it happening for me for? What's the purpose? What is it teaching me? How is it helping me? That's the new element that takes people by surprise. And they're like, well, this can't possibly be happening for me. Well, let's let's just investigate that. Maybe it is. What have you learned from it? You know, if you talk to most people who have gone through difficult diseases, cancer, quadriplegics, all sorts of different things that sound so horrible, they'll say after they've come through it mm-hmm. and are in the survival end, I wouldn't have traded the whole, anything. Mm-hmm. Because it taught me so much. It gave me gifts that I would have never had otherwise. Mm-hmm. So they are, they're already in the reframe. Absolutely. But it's the people who are coming to me who are in the process. They're in it. Mm-hmm. That to be able to even to understand that there is a possible reframe. So I even draw out a frame, a picture frame. <laughs> and I'll say the same in reality. And I'll say, so the, the frame is... Life is difficult. Life's a bitch. Life is hard. That's the old frame. I'm a victim to everything. The new frame is life is perfect. Everything's purposeful. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened wrong. So that's the new reframe that I help with. So sometimes I have to actually draw it out on a a whiteboard for them to be able to see it. But then they have to sit with that for a while because it's a new perspective. But it's freeing. And once they can sit with it, and what I tell them, you don't have to believe anything I say. The only thing that's required is a willingness to look at this differently. Are you willing to look at it differently? Because if you're not, then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. And I can't get you unstuck until you allow yourself to be unstuck. So there needs to be a willingness to look at things differently. Well, and, you know, that brings up so um, <clears throat> that brings up for me uh, this little thing that we have in Chinese medicine that we talk about where, where, you know, the story is this man is climbing up the mountain. There's all these different paths and everyone... And finally, on this very treacherous path, he makes it to the top of the mountain. And at the top of the mountain, he finds another person hanging off the edge, holding on for his life. And he realizes, he has an epiphany and realizes it's not the time to tell that person to relax. Mm, Right. And there are times when people need to hold on to what they feel, and forgiveness is not, in that moment, the best choice for them. And I can... I can think of several, several, uh, for example, one, one client I worked with whose daughter um, died in a boating accident, and the pain, and, and the pain that she was living in and her sense of responsibility for things that had happened were so intense that for her to get through each day, she had to take little increments, and the anger that she felt and the those were important emotions for her survival. And right. it took her years to reach a point where she could forgive herself and the other people involved in this accident. And it took, and in every one of those moments, it was important that she hold on to that anger because she needed it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think grief is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't, you can't suggest that everything mm-hmm. is purposeful and everything is perfect to a grieving mother or father mm-hmm. of a child. 
it's just cruel to ask it, to, to do that. Exactly. So you have to be very, very cognizant of where they are and and what the process is. Exactly. So um, I'm not going to say this to everybody, but it's when they come to me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you have to be there. There is a uh, the grieving process or the process of whatever it is. I needed to go through. 17 years of struggling mm-hmm. with Lyme disease before I could get to the point where I could have this epiphany. I think I probably, if someone had told it to me maybe five years earlier, that would have been helpful. But I, I now I look at it, I had to struggle for 17 years. Right. And I had to have the struggle with this other person that I was so angry with for so many years. It had to be painful enough for me to say there's got to be a different way. You know when people talk about AA, that you have to be almost on your knees. Right. And say and begging God or whoever it is that you you pray to, help me. Right. But I think before then the struggle isn't big enough yet, and you right. haven't been in pain enough to make you realize there's got to be a different way of looking at this. Mm-hmm. I, yes, and so the important thing for me in all of that is that people don't feel shamed for having pain and that they don't feel shamed for not being able to forgive someone at this moment. Everything is a matter of timing and everything is a matter of, of a, did you learn everything there was to learn from it? And if you didn't, then it's not the right time. Exactly. You, know, you stay you stay with it until right. your your moment has has you know, arrived until right. you've got the little right. levity and all that is if you can't forgive yet, forgive yourself that you can't forgive. <laughs> Just forgive go. that part that you can't forgive yet. And let go of it and be yep. be in compassion with yourself. I cannot forgive that person yet. Yeah. So fine. It's just a process. It'll take time, and there is no such thing as time anyway. So what are we worried about? So just be at peace with yourself. Absolutely, and and possibly even ask, what is not forgiving giving you? What is it, you know, it, we can see in, in that woman that I was talking about, what it was giving her was the strength Correct. to get through every day. Right. Sometimes it energizes your creativity. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> right, so, exactly. And right. I, certainly I can see for many people who, who I work with is that the only connection that they have to someone that they love very deeply is that anger right. or that, that lack of forgiveness because without it, there's no relationship. And so they'll hold on to it forever because they need a relationship with, with a parent right. who or an rejected ex. them or, or an, an ex. ex or whoever. Yeah. With all this is the aspect of non-judgment for me. Oh, I don't judge anyone for where they are, what they've done. I've let go of judgment. Mm-hmm. I try to. You know, I think I'm still a human being and, and mm-hmm. I realize, oh, I'm judging someone, but I try very hard mm-hmm. to let go of judgment because I see they're just struggling mm-hmm. the way I struggle. They're Absolutely. just struggling the way we all are struggling. They're just doing it in a different way. Absolutely. And that gives you compassion for all, everybody mm-hmm. if you allow it to. I agree with you completely, and I think that we also want you know another reason that people hold on to these these old patterns is out of loyalty. You know, last mm. week we were talking with JD and Lillian about family constellations and and the idea that we have these hidden loyalties to people, and it's like, well, this happened to my parent, or this happened to my tribe, or this happened to my people, or whatever, and so therefore. I will hold these resentments or these angers or these whatevers in these hidden loyalties that we don't even know that we have, but they're very important to us. Right. And until we can incorporate and find that place of love and compassion and non-judgment, we need those things. Right. You know? Right. So right. the process of it all is, I think, important. Right. I think that whole idea of generational pain is fascinating. Yeah. 
and just to inquire, am I holding this on for someone else? And do I have to mm-hmm. still? Maybe I can let this go now. Exactly. But you, you need to, at least I think we need to be aware of it. I mean, I never knew about generational pain until I learned about it. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that is such an interesting mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, and I've seen that kind of, of pain show up in people's bodies in, in very interesting ways. People, people who are having anorexic issues and their relatives had been in a concentration camp and and you look at the different ways that things show up generationally mm-hmm. in the physical body that that obviously are not genetic. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, exactly. It's an energetic right. transfer. Right. Well it just leads to the curiosity of yeah. why what is it what is why is this happening? What's the purpose? And that I think is the one if you ask me what is the one thing that people need for healing, it is curiosity. Curiosity is is the thing. If you are satisfied being miserable, mm. you will be miserable. Right, exactly. <laughs> because it's it's doing it's there is something there's a benefit you're getting from it. All right, well, so now we're going to head on into a break. And so we're talking with Barbara Shulman Kerwin about radical forgiveness. And again, Barbara offers work in person or online, and you can reach her at forgiveness-works.com. And we're heading into break. Stay tuned. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program, where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This 
This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're talking with Barbara Shulman Kerwin about radical forgiveness. And um, uh, I want to apologize to everybody who has been trying to call in. Unfortunately, um, there have been some broadcasting issues, but I'm sure that you are listening to this program now, and that's why I'm telling you that. So here we go back with Barb. So, Barb, one of the things I think, and we've talked about that, um, happens when you engage this forgiveness process is the all of a sudden this internal energy that is released that was being held in these patterns for all very good reasons. You know, we've talked about what some of those good reasons might be. And now this energy is released and it is available to be used and it is available for creative expression. It's available for manifestation. So how about if you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, energy is energy. And when you when you unblock something that's been blocked for so long, it goes somewhere. Um, for me, I know that um, working with this forgiveness work, and actually, just as a side note, I actually don't even talk about radical forgiveness mm. anymore because I think it does turn some people off that mm. it's radical and radical Islam. <clears throat> the word radical oh. is such a um, controversial word. And so I never, I don't talk about radical I talk mm. about forgiveness mm-hmm. and kind of more of a holistic forgiveness p- practice that I do um, but so what I found over the probably maybe the past year so I have been owning Chroma Gallery uh, working as a glass fusing artist and also um, seeing clients in another location for for forgiveness and, and empowerment mm. um, and what I noticed is that I had two separate parts of my life that were very distinct from each other. And um, what I realized I wanted to do was actually do both of them in the same location under the same roof. So actually I could marry the two of them. How can I, I kept on saying, how can I marry my creative world and my therapeutic healing world? And um, just a little while ago, as the universe does, it um, opened up an opportunity for me to move from Chroma Gallery, which I started 15 years ago, and with literally my fourth child. I have three living human children, and I have um, a fourth child, which is the creation of Chroma Gallery, which was a place where I could work and sell in the same space, under the same, I'm all about under the mm-hmm. same roof. For some reason, that's a, that's um, seems a alluring to me to do things under the <laughs> same roof, and so I went to work and sell under the same roof with a few other artists. And so um, about maybe two or three years ago, I started getting this inkling, this feeling, this quiet little voice in my head saying, there's something else you're supposed to be doing. I didn't know what it was. And so um, I actually thought about selling Chroma um, a few years ago, but it didn't work. And then now, because I've gotten to the understanding that if something isn't working, then just surrender, let it go. So it wasn't until about six months ago that the little subtle voice came up again. There's something else you need to be doing doing it differently and so I started inquiring and realized I wanted to to have a place where I could see my clients and do my artwork in the same venue Mm -hmm. and so I started talking and looking around 
and um, like what happened when I tried to try to find a place for a chroma gallery in the beginning two or three places came and went and mm-hmm. fell down fell down the toilet and I cried each time because I didn't realize <laughs> they were supposed to fall down the toilet and because um, then the last place was the perfect place for mm-hmm. me the same thing with this scenario so now I'm used to it so I'm like all right that just wasn't supposed to work that's fine I'm not going to cry about that one <laughs> um, so about two months ago this gallery down the street the green gallery opened up and it's the perfect place for mm-hmm. me and so I'm going to be moving there in January so that I can um, see my forgiveness clients do workshops with someone like you mm-hmm. which is so exciting and um, do my artwork and different artwork not necessarily my glass work I'm into painting now and so I've transformed in many many ways and I'm not scared of that anymore in the beginning mm-hmm. I was really scared when I quit physical therapist to become therapy to become a potter, I just thought I was crazy. Is there something wrong with me? Why do I feel like I have to do this? But I knew I had to do it and made no rational sense. Now I'm trusting myself enough to know, okay, this is just another chapter in my life and I'm going to go for it because I feel the the drive to do that. So I'm following my gut intuition and I know it's going to be brilliant. Oh, I, I agree with you. It is going to be brilliant. And I love the fact that it's like we know we go through passages. We know that we change internally. But very few people are able to actually make radical changes in their life. Oh, there's that word radical. Right, again, yeah. but Drastic. Drastic yeah. changes Dramatic, in their yeah. life that, <laughs> that fit their changing internal identity. And yet you kind of have done it every single time. You just, every 15 years, yes. it's a new bar. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it does take chutzpah. It really does. It takes yeah. balls to do yeah. it. It takes courage. And when I did it first, and when I opened up Chroma, I went to bed many nights crying, thinking, what the heck am I doing? Am I crazy? And a good friend of mine who was my healing angel at the time, my architect friend, um, Laura Perry, she was saying that she was holding my hand and she's saying, listen, this is just new. You've never been in this situation before. So it's not necessarily scary. You just haven't done it before. And that's what that's mm-hmm. what fear is. That's what being scared mm-hmm. is, not knowing what this situation is. She said, it's just new. I'm like, you're right. So she allowed me to um, to move forward in that and to, and to learn that lesson. That newness, yes, it feels scary, which makes you want to retreat and go back. I want to go back to what feels comfortable. But that was the old me. I needed to invited it to move forward and go through the challenge and know that it's going to be scary, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fine. It's just something that I don't mm-hmm. know yet, that's all. Yes, and, and I'll put a different slant on fear uh-huh. as well, that fear isn't necessarily just about being unknown, but it is actually giving you information that things are need to be paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in danger, but maybe you just really need to be aware. Right mm-hmm. now, be on high alert, be aware. And I think that when we do that, you can take from each moment mm-hmm. all the different things that if you close down, if, if fear closes you down because you're too frightened, mm-hmm. um, then you're going to miss a whole lot. But on the other hand, fear can also open you up so that you are more aware of each second. And more we learn from each second, right? And learning from each second, exactly. I think whereas most of us, including myself, are oblivious to the lessons or messages that are mm-hmm. coming in yeah. because we're just not paying attention. So if you're on high alert, as yeah. you said, which is brilliant, let me really be very aware of any message that is coming my way. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we have all this extra energy for creativity and we can do creative things, I, I personally believe that 
the closest we come to experiencing what it is to to be our divine self is two moments that moment of 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 just pure love for anything for just pure love and then that that moment of creative expression that in that in the creative moment we are taking from all around us and pulling things together and making something new and that is that is the god essence mm. that creative thing and i think that when people really can connect with that part of themselves all new things and all all kind of wonderful things can happen and so you and I have talked about it, and I'm really excited about the idea of joining together to help people access that creative spark. You, perhaps, for the artists in the group, and me for the writers in the group, because I love to write. Writing is my passion. And to help people, and to do energy clearing, and to do forgiveness work, and to actually get through the blocks in our creativity. How amazing is that? I'm so excited. <laughs> I am, too. And that's what this space, I mean, you and I have been looking for a yeah. place for to do workshops for a long time now and we thought another place was going to work for us remember yes, it went down the yes. crapper just like it was supposed to because yep. it wasn't the right place yep so let it go and wait for now the new place where you and i can mm-hmm. we were just there the other day looking at it and that the potential there is 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 huge i can see it i can feel it i can taste it <clears throat> absolutely so what do you think your biggest challenge is right now um, probably combating fear mm-hmm. of this newness. So I do it. I think I'm gonna. I'm doing it better than I was mm-hmm. um, in past years. But it's still there. I'm still a human being with <laughs> normal emotions and and fear and joy and happiness and everything else. But it's the um, transformation is. It can be very scary. But again, like if you just accept, if I can just accept, which I'm trying to, and I'm doing, I think a pretty good job okay this is scary just sit with that instead of that meaning it's bad mm-hmm. it's not bad it's just new mm-hmm. so and and what am I learning so that's my challenge and I think you know I hope I'm going to be challenged for the rest of my life I'm, I hope I'm a student of learning of new things for the rest of rest of my days well Barb I don't see how there's any chance that that won't be the case <laughs> Yes, and so um, I think that that one of the things you just said that's really important is is we have to just be willing to feel what we feel. Period. Just feel it, and don't try and chase it away with with rationalizations and twisting it into anything else. This is what you feel. You right. feel fear. Let it wake you up. Right. Just right. you know, you feel anger. Get your boundaries strong, right? You know, right. let it do what it's meant to do rather right. than trying to talk yourself out of the feeling. The feeling's there for a reason. And if we can get away from the idea of good feelings and bad feelings and just have feelings, feelings. that inform us. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's that wonderful idea that pain mm-hmm. plus resistance equals suffering. Yeah. Pain without resistance. So that means sitting in it, accepting yeah. it, and even maybe even leaning into it. Yeah. Not even just accepting it, but lean into it. What is it here to teach me? Mm-hmm. There's no suffering with that. Mm-hmm. There's just curiosity. And um, that's a beautiful way, I think, of living in this world. I agree with you completely. Well, let's see. We are really close to being closed here, guys. So um, we have a little bit of time, but... I would like to leave you with a little quote from Helen Keller, which is that 
and it's, this is um, a little bit taking some, some leniencies here. Safety is an illusion. It doesn't exist in nature. It doesn't exist in the world of man. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, Barb, what would you like to leave people with? Well, I love that quote, and I think um, with the goal of living life with a capital L mm-hmm. as opposed to the little L, and so trying to live with your connection to the divine and the purpose of what we're, what am I here on this world, in this earth to do? And it's to explore and um, learn things and embrace life. Great. So good night, guys. We'll see you next week. And you can reach Barbara at forgiveness-works.com. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Exploring Beyond the Edge is heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, Dr. Cynthia Andrews wishes you a great week. Thank you.